Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. We are back, Dr. Smith. How are you? Yep. I'm doing great. <laughs> you're great. One day you're not going to say great. One day you're going to say, you know, Kenya, I'm not too well today. And then I'm going to be like, oh, no. I'm, 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 I'll never say that. I'm, I, it, the only difference will be uh, I'm doing <laughs> super fantastic. <laughs> right. I was going to say, you're just going to become even more great. You're just going to become even more great. It's just going to go higher Yeah, it's just going to go higher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so we've got, I'm really excited about today. I'm always excited. You guys, hopefully the listeners can hear me smiling. You know, you can tell when people are smiling, even though you don't see them. Right, right. You can hear the smile. I'm really excited because this guest um, has, has, has such a kind of pretty critical role, actually, with our podcast right now. And people don't even know. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and has done some really behind the scenes great work. So, but before we get into that... Our music tip for the we week. We got our music yeah. tip. Yeah. Yep. Well, the uh, music tip for the day, and this was uh, something um, I think uh, people have asked about this, and I was just trying to get some stuff together, and we'll have this in the show notes. Uh, we'll, we'll provide a link to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically the upcoming music conferences for 2020. Mm. And it, there's a whole, uh, there's a site that has all of the, that lists basically all the conferences coming up. And it's, and it's not just um, music uh, specific. Well, it's, it's all general music, but mm-hmm. some are like music, general music conferences and music business and industry conferences. But a lot of them also are uh, conferences on, on sync licensing and, and mm. film festivals and all these other things. Ooh, so nice. just to, to ramble off a couple that are of note, mm-hmm. uh, March um, 3rd, no, excuse me, March 20th, Mm-hmm. Um, is the Winter Music Conference in Miami. Oh, that's and, a, no, that me, is a 16th, dope, that's a dope conference. Yeah. The Winter Music Conference yeah, March 16th is, to the 20th. Those are for our DJ heads. Yeah, um, yeah that's a fun, I mean, I've never but gone. Interestingly enough, <laughs> that's that, that Miami Music Week is that, that same week. Oh my gosh. So it's going to be crazy. <laughs> it's going to be nuts down it's gonna there. It's going to be crazy. So in April... Yeah. Uh, ASCAP experience, um, and then uh, in, in LA, then you got North American Conference on Video Game Music in New mm, York, mm-hmm. um, and then the Richmond International Film and Music Festival in Virginia. Nice. And the other one in May that I thought would be really good to mention because uh, Kenya's out there in Chicago is the Chicago Da-da-da-da. House Music Conference. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, of course it's here. We're the we're the the home of house music. So, yep. well, those Episode. are all those. I mean, that's such a great link. Thank you. That's an excellent tip. I know that um, I've gone to the ASCAP One Expo um, before in the past. I've only gone once and had a really great time. Um, definitely, if you're a new writer or a new person to ASCAP, it definitely is is worth your time. I think if you're a little bit more established, 
It's a good networking opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, that winter one, though, you said in Miami, let me tell you what, that's a party. I, I don't know if they should call that a conference. I'm just going to say. <laughs> you're not going to do no work. <laughs> if you just need to get your groove on and you need to hear like music that you have never heard and, and it's like deep house and, and alternative house and oh my God, it's an amazing. But it is a really good space for DJs. If you're an aspiring DJ, remix right. DJ, producer, oh my gosh, you're going to be in heaven. The network is crazy um yeah so i have never gone but i have many friends and dj friends and music friends who make it a regular deal to go out there yeah yeah right right today's podcast is brought to you by bandzoogle from garage bands to grammy winners bandzoogle powers the websites for thousands of musicians around the world their simple step-by-step system will get you online literally in minutes You can choose from dozens of mobile-friendly templates, then customize your design and content in just a few clicks. Built for musicians by musicians, Banzoogle has all of the features you need for your website and EPK already built in. This includes tools to sell music and merch commission-free right on your website, stream your music with flexible options for music downloads, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send professional newsletters, integrations to pull in content from your online services, including YouTube, Twitter, and SoundCloud, and live support from their musician-friendly team. Not one, not two, but seven days a week. Banzoogle plans start at just $8.29 per month. Yep, that's what I said, just $8.29 per month and includes your own free custom domain name. Gotta love that. Go to bandzoogle.com to try it for free for 30 days and be sure to use our promo code MAKINGMONEYPOD to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. That's again, MAKINGMONEYPOD to get 15% off the first year. Good, go. good stuff. All right, well... You know, I, every time I introduce our guests, I always have to say when they're when they're guests that I know or that Will knows, we we try to talk a little bit about how we know them and then let them tell their own story. But um, this guest, I and he's going to be probably all surprised because I've never really talked to him about this. But I met our guest for today um, probably about five years ago when I was just releasing. Um, my album, My Own Skin, which I really, that was really the the next level for me. And I'm so eternally grateful because my producer, um, who's still my producer, was my producer then, Kendall Duffy, um, who has experience in radio, was really pushing me to make sure that I meet different radio program managers and directors um, who do R&B and soul music or urban AC is what you'll hear, urban adult contemporary music. And so whether or not they were going to pick up my song or not to be on radio, he was really, Kendall was really adamant about me beginning to develop relationships with these program managers because ultimately, um, that's how you move in this industry, which we keep talking about this relationship building. So this is where that's when I first met our guest. And oh my gosh, it, you know, through the years, he's been so incredibly supportive of what I've done and um, on both a level as an artist and now a level as a podcaster. Um, and so I'm going to let him tell his story. Story, we have Mr. Max Myrick. 
Hello, Max. Hello. Max. <laughs> Hi. Welcome. Go. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to yeah. be on, on the podcast. Oh, it's wonderful to have you. And I, I want our listeners to understand that when I met Max, he was at WHUR um, in D.C., their program manager there. And now Max is the general manager of D.C. Radio, which is our new one of our new homes. So this is really cool yep. to be able <laughs> to have him on and to hear, you know, our, for our listeners, those of you who are artists and, you know, there's a there's a lot of misunderstandings about radio and how radio works and how you as an artist get your music actually played on radio. And so a little bit later, we'll dig a little bit more into some of those myths and kind of correct that for you. So you better understand um, what how you how you actually do get your music placed. Um, but before that. Max, I would love for you to let our audience know just kind of your current role and what you do right now and what brought you, what, what kind of, I know that sounds like a long answer, but what kind of got you um, into radio? Into radio? Well, I've been But before uh, you can let radio. us know, I was just going to say you can first let us know what you do because I think a lot of people may not understand what a general manager of a radio program. Okay, well, I'm the, uh, the general manager in this in this case of, of DC Radio. DC Radio is a uh, radio station that is owned by the District of Columbia, the city of Washington D.C., and uh, we carry all kinds of different programming. It's primarily a podcast radio station because all of our programming is long form programming, unlike uh, commercial stations, and we're not commercial. And unlike commercial stations, which run commercials and play a lot of music, uh, we play a lot of long-form programs, so primarily a podcast radio station. And I oversee all of the, uh, everything about the radio station because we have a small staff. It's just uh, me and uh, three producers, and we keep this thing on, uh, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So everything that you hear coming out of those speakers, I'm sort of responsible I, I am responsible for and uh and uh, our producers you know convert the content and produce the content and then we get it out to the public awesome awesome and so yes so how in I'm the world I, I was like how in the world did you get there <laughs> what is well, the, what's your I background mean, I, I, I started in radio in, in high school i'm 62 now so I was probably 14 when oh, yeah. I started in, in Ohio, Toledo, Ohio, as the local local radio station, as a, like a teen reporter. Mm. And then, uh, I, you know, I was always the one in my family that played music. Music is a big part of our family. And then uh, I went in the Marine Corps. I was uh, mm -hmm. overseas and uh, I was stationed on a ship and I ran a ship's entertainment system, oh, came wow. out of the Marine Marine Corps uh, went to the University of Toledo. They had a campus radio station, and from there, I just uh, you know, this is you know, this is what I wanted to do. This is what I always wanted to do. So that's what I you know I did. I started in Toledo, and then I went to a bunch of small markets, you know, paying my dues, learning my craft, mm -hmm. and then uh, I began uh, uh, a second phase of my career, and that was putting new stations on the air and I put these stations on the air in uh, in Toledo actually in uh, Greenville South Carolina Atlanta Pensacola Florida 
And then uh, in Chicago, actually, I put V103 mm-hmm. in Chicago on the air in 1988. Wow. Uh, WALR in Atlanta uh, on the air in 1990. Uh, 92, I put uh, uh, the one on in Pensacola. And then I came back to Chicago in 93. And from 93 mm-hmm. to 2000, I was the operations manager and program mm-hmm. director for V103 Chicago. Um, and then I left there in 2000 to start up another, uh, help start up another company called XM Satellite Radio. And I created <laughs> just, create, just a small little <laughs> company there. <laughs> well, but, well, but you know what? At the time, nobody thought that it would work. People were, you know, naysayers were saying that uh, nobody will pay to listen to radio. But I had already wow. uh, had been an investor in a company, and I had already uh, I already knew the technology could work because I put the first satellite radio station in America on the air in 1989 in um richmond virginia so i was i had already been you know in touch with with the technology so when when they came calling um i had done everything i needed to do in chicago and i wanted to uh you know move on to the next thing and so um i came and i built a real jazz channel the flow which was the neo soul channel and the uh what was the other channel oh uh and uh, Luna, which was a Latin jazz channel. So I ran mm-hmm. those things for about eight years. Mm-hmm. And then I took a little time off, went down to Nashville. And uh, then I came back to uh, a re- a commercial radio in 2011. And then uh, at HUR in Washington, home of the Quiet Storm. And then uh, mm-hmm. in, t- in 2016, the, uh, uh, the director of the DC office of cable television, film, music, and entertainment asked me to help her build this new radio station. And that's what I did. And that's what I'm doing. Wow. Wow. It's <laughs> a long journey. That, that, a but, amazing but it's, journey. It's an amazing journey. I mean, it's so funny that if you, if anybody ever, if anyone's listening and knows Max or has ever met Max, Max is so chill, like so laid back. And, and just the way that he's even kind of dropping these nuggets like, well, yeah, I started the very first satellite. <laughs> it's so you, Max. <laughs> just so <laughs> understated. But that's no, that's I think that's awesome because, you know, I think a lot of people, yeah, uh, you, know, you know, that no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, I just enjoy what I'm doing. This is this is what I've always wanted to do. So it's not like even it's work, but it's not really work for me. It's just what yeah. I like to do. So, I, I, you know, I'm just having a good time. I'm glad I'm, you know, after 42 years, I'm still able to do what I love to do. And, you know, and and and, 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 and as you go along, you the technology changes. You know, when I started, we had 45s. AM radio and carts. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, mm-hmm. everything's digital. We have cameras. We have, the, you know, we have streaming. So, you know, mm-hmm. you, you just keep growing with the technologies. And so, I, I and I, you know, and, and I have a bunch of young people around me who keep me, you know, keep me, <laughs> keep me young. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Keep yeah. you abreast of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, first off, I, I, I want to just publicly thank you for putting us on <laughs> to uh, DC radio. So just let everybody know that we're actually there now so you can listen to us in, an, yeah. in another format. But 
Uh, yeah, thank thank you for that. And hey, well, you're very welcome. To, it's, a, it's a great show. And for your yeah, listening you. audience, it airs every day, every weekday yeah. at 4 p.m. 4 yep. p.m. Eastern on dcradio.gov or on our uh, app, mobile app, or uh, on all the other platforms as well. Yeah. It's a great show. I enjoy it. I learn, I learn new things every day. <laughs> we just got a plug from Max. I know. <laughs> on, on our own show. <laughs> on our own show. It is so fun doing it. And it's it's just, you know, I'm going to let Will ask his question, but it's it was really divine timing that it happened too because we we definitely were interested in, you know, trying to be a part of what you're building. And so it's just an honor. But go ahead, Will. Yeah. I know you, you got your question. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, just, just the, so the question that I had, um, just to give people a scope uh, of what what it takes, basically, to run their own station. Because I know some people, you know, have, have that interest. And I actually know a couple of other, other people that have started doing that or tried to do that. Um, what, what are some of the challenges that you faced in, in running your own station and even starting some of these stations? And then I think what would be very useful is what, how did you overcome them? Well, some of the challenges for this station, we, I mean, we didn't have the budget or the staff to do what we would normally do with a, a radio station. Normally you have, you know, a full staff, but in this case, we're, you know, very limited in what we are able to do. But um, because we're running long form programming, um, our, one of the biggest challenges was to get content, you know. Mm -hmm. So once we were able to start getting, you know, getting content, then we um, then we had to get the content out to the public. So how do we, how do you do that? So our relationship, we're uh, our terrestrial signals on an HD signal, which is uh, which we lease from uh, WHUR, which we're on ninety six point three HD four here in Washington. But then uh, you know how many people have HD radio? So that was another challenge so we said well we're going to have to stream this but being a non-commercial station um the rates for streaming is a lot less if you don't run commercials if so we're a non-commercial station so that helped us over that helped us there so we were so then we had to build a website because you have to have somewhere to stream the the content so we had to what you know we build a website we um got a streaming service called Futuri. Uh, and then we attached that uh, streaming uh, service, I mean, that streaming player to our website. And then, uh, and then we you know, began to upload the content. So we, we use a system called Audio Vault. And, you know, um, every station has their, every, most stations are digital now. There's still a few that actually play hard cds i i don't i've probably i doubt that any are still playing vinyl but it's possible um but we uh we have a system so all of our music is everything is in a computer is on a server so we have a we have a storage system called called audio vault we have a automation system that runs actually runs the content it's called audio vault flex and then the standard in the industry is is a is a music and content scheduling system called G Selector. It's probably the most dominant in this in the uh, in the industry. And then we put all of that content in G Selector. We merge. We schedule the content. You know, we play. 
and then we merge that with Audio Vault, and then the automation system just plays it, pushes it out to the stream, mm. to the Futuri, and Futuri streams it out to the internet. And then we put all of our content and make all, make all of our content available on all the different platforms. You can also hear it on TuneIn. You can hear us mm. on, uh, mm-hmm. on demand on you know Spotify, SoundCloud, everything that's you know the, that's out there. So those were yeah. the, the some of the challenges, and the, that was kind of how we, we resolved it. Mm. Well, that was like one oh one of building your radio station <laughs> into the year twenty twenty. Y'all take notes. <laughs> yeah, because you know I've, I've built stations before, and before it was you know <laughs> it was a lot harder actually because mm. you had right uh you didn't have the technology so you had mm. to you know one time i built a station i had to go this this one station went off the air they didn't go off the air they changed formats so they they went mm. from like you know black music to country music so they didn't mm. have any use for their music library so mm. i asked them what they were going to do with the music library they told me i could have it it, it just sort of happened to coincide with with the with the call I got for to put a new station on. So I went, got all the music, took it over wow. to that station, and then uh, you know, and then we had to you know had to figure out how to you know get that stuff on the air, and you know, and 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 at that time there was no internet, so everything right. was you know very manual. Mm. Yeah, and all the everything was on cart. Commercials were on the carts, and if your audience doesn't know what a cart is, kind of looks like an eight track. And that's how right, we used right. to. Play. That's how if you didn't have vinyl, that's how you used to play the music before. There, you know, you, you played your commercials were on cart, your mm-hmm. music was on cart, everything was on cart. Mm-hmm. So now, now all of that is digital. So you know. Mm-hmm. It's much easier now than it, than it, than it used to be. The only difference is the amount of people, really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 was extremely. I mean, it's just like a. I hope those of you, because I hear a lot of artists talk about wanting to start their own radio programs, and you know, I also start, you know, just other people who really love music and please write your notes because you just really kind of broke that down. Cause I know that I didn't, I, when I think about it, it's like, yeah, how do you do that? And so that was, um, yeah, you, yeah. yeah you, you really just, you, you need some, some kind of way to, to play the content. So you need mm-hmm. some kind of, you know, if you're going to have it running 24 hours a day, if you're not going to have it running 24 hours a day, you need some kind of way for people to get that content, whether it's a playlist or whatever, some somewhere to put that content, and then you right. have to find some way to get it out to the public. Right, so. right, 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 right. Wow. Well, you mentioned playlists. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that that's actually my other question. I, uh, as as a programmer, um, and just just as a producer, how how do songs actually get on playlists? Because I think a lot of our our artists out there who want to get on radio, want to get on radio shows. Um, how do how do their songs get onto playlists? Well, it's uh, depending on what kind of playlist you're talking about. But in terms of radio, it's it's it's, it's tougher than it used to be because now mo- most of the radio stations are owned by two or three company companies, and all and most of the programming mm-hmm. is determined by national programmers, mm-hmm. and then a, right. a lot of those uh, 
programmers or executives are influenced by the major labels. Mm-hmm. And then the major labels are influenced by Live Nation. <laughs> you know, it's like a, <laughs> it's a vertical, it's kind of vertical. But, um, mm-hmm. but it's still possible. I mean, there's some stations, some independent stations that will play your music if it's, you know, if it, if it fits their f- format. The challenge is there's so much content. There's mm-hmm. so much music right. that mm-hmm. uh, you have to get, find a way to get that music to the either the music director or the program director, whoever makes that decision and get them to pay attention to it. Um, mm. And they have, you know, in their defense, they have so much music coming at them. You know, they, I remember, you know, I had three stacks. I had, I had the music that of artists that I knew who they were. I had another stack mm. of music that the labels told me about. And then I had this other stack of music that I wanted to listen to. Mm. And I would just go from, you know, I, I would I would rarely get to that third stack because there was just mm. so much in that first two stacks to, mm-hmm. to, to listen to. And because of the, the formats and stations, because of the way that people use content now, people are not using radio as much as they used to. The traditional radio mm. as much as they used to because they have more options. You right, know, people right, have, right. you know, I have a, uh, I have a, uh, a Detroit made automobile and in my car, <laughs> I have a, um, I have a hard drive. I have Bluetooth. <laughs> I have, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I have a CD player. I have AM presets, FM presets, satellite presets, and then every app that's on my phone. you know what i mean so i can listen to whatever i want whenever i want you know uh depending on my mood and and then when i when i'm not doing that i'm probably hands-free on the phone trying to catch up on phone calls (laughs) so people you know what i mean so people are not listening to radio for long periods of time anymore because they have so many options so they're not playing as much music so they mm. they play you know that's why that, that that's why when people listen that when the people that do listen to radio a lot uh, hear the same songs over and over is because the radio stations think that most people are spending an average of fifteen or twenty minutes and they want to hear their favorite song every time they come to the station so they're just playing right. those t- those tight lists so that when they do have them they you know because they, they got to get them the, the way the system works is the, the rating system works is that people carry meters. The, the uh, Nielsen gives uh, meters out to a, what's supposed to be a representative sample of the market demographics. Mm-hmm. And then those people are, are given an incentive to carry that meter around. And the meter is, each station has a signal encoded in their transmitter. And the meters mm-hmm. can pick up that invisible uh, signal. And so mm-hmm. it's not about it's a, it's about it's about the station that you like the most, but it's also about what you're exposed to. So if you're in a taxi and the taxi's listening to the public radio station and you have a meter, mm, your yeah. meter is going to give credit to that public radio station, and you may yeah. not have even been wow. paying attention to it, right? So <laughs> yeah. they, those are all the, those are the that's the, those are the challenges that uh, 
radio has because they, you know, it's a business and they have to get ratings to, mm-hmm. you know, give to these agencies so they can get their money. Mm. So it's, mm. it's, it's, a, it's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. It is a lot. It is a lot. And thanks for asking that question, Will, because I actually that was going to be kind of my question is, how do you (laughs) how do artists get their music on radio? And this is, you know, I coach artists and this is always kind of a thing that comes up is should I be trying to get on radio or should I not? And should because of what you just said in terms of going in your car, which I think all of our cars are like this now where we got <laughs> so many options right. to listen to music. Is it worth, you know, that's the biggest question I get asked. And that's the biggest question sometimes I ask myself as I, particularly right now, cause I'm completing up my project and I'm about to release new music. And it's like, you know, it's, it's a huge financial undertaking as an independent artist, um, to get on terrestrial radio um, with, like you had just said, when you're, there's only like three companies that own all the stations and then you have, you know, these few independent stations. So I was going to ask you, I mean, I, you're in a kind of a different format now, um, obviously, than maybe what it was with uh, V103 and WHUR. And and let me let, let, listeners, let me just, just in case you're wondering, V103, I mean, we're talking, these are major <laughs> radio stations in the world of R&B right. Soul. So please, if you're not in Chicago, you may not appreciate that. But those of you who are in Chicago, you know, when he's dropping names like V103, these are pretty major stations. And WHUR, my goodness, that, you know, I know that, you know, joining them is huge and creating the flow. I mean, those, those are huge. So I just want to give you kudos to that. But those independent artists who do you think it's worth in today's music industry to go ahead and invest in trying to get yourself on these playlists or well, not? I think, and, and uh, why? I, I think it's, I think it's really expensive. Uh, I, mm-hmm. um, I think there are uh, other ways to get your content out there that are a lot, a lot less expensive. And that's, uh, you know, if you can get, your content on all of the streaming services, right? Mm-hmm. Then you can get your content on, you know, YouTube. You can get your content on, you know, Spotify, Tidal, uh, Pandora, mm-hmm. all the different, you know, platforms, I, I, iTunes. Um, then you have, so that's distribution. And that just, and I, I, I'm not sure, but I believe that distribution is free. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. once you get your content on these different platforms, then there's social media. Social media is free. Right. So, right. Mm-hmm. So it's now you, you just have to figure out how, to, I mean, if I were an artist, I would be using all of these <laughs> platforms. I'd be, I'd be, mm-hmm. I, I'd be, I'd, cause you have to develop a relation. Now you have to, because you have to develop a relationship with, with your, with your audience. You see a lot mm-hmm. of artists that you would never have imagined. They're just super active on social media because that allows them to, engage with their fan base that allows them to get their messages out that allows them to interact with their audience and build a relationship and then uh you know and get their get their numbers up because you know if you're an artist you want to tour you want to work and you know i also book entertainment at some venues around the country primarily city winery and, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're in six cities. And generally what they want to know is they want metrics. They were like, well, what, 
you know, what's the story here? Because they want, you know, if they're going to take a chance, mm-hmm. they want mm-hmm. they they need to see some numbers. And some of the some of the mm-hmm. me- metrics that we use are, you know, what their social media. What's your YouTube? What's your Facebook? Mm-hmm. What's your, you know, where have you uh, sold tickets before? All of that, you know, all that adds up. So right. I would use right. those platforms, and then you know, then. Uh, yeah, that's what I would do. I mean, there are artists out here that don't get any, very little airplay that are, that are making a making a living. I mean, you know, you yeah. you yourself, Kidney, you, you yeah. you're a working artist. Uh, <laughs> look at uh, yeah. look at uh, Eric Roberson and uh, artists yeah. like right. that. Belial Belial doesn't yeah. get any airplay, but right. they all, you know they're all out here making a uh, making a living. And uh, you know, Layla Hathaway, she doesn't really get that much airplay, but she's out here, you know. Mm-hmm. Working, I I enjoy her uh, social media almost as much as I enjoy her music. <laughs> yeah, she Rasan Patterson is another one. Although he does get airplay, but he's he's yeah. he's another one. Yeah, social media. He's yeah, there's a bunch. One. I mean, you, you had your question answered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you can do it, you can do it without radio. I mean, radio is nice, and I know artists like to be you know be on, especially if you if if your radio station, your hometown plays your music. Nothing like that. But right. uh, there's a, there are alternatives, you know, and who you knows know, who's going to see that music or hear that music. Right. That's the other. So this is the thing. I think that and I 3000 percent agree with you and, you know, definitely am going to be going that route. But I, I do think that there are some people in the music industry who still feel though that in order for you to really leverage your ability to get booked, let me talk about booking at venues um, to really leverage your booking fees and to really be able to get booked for, you know, higher level venues that can pay you more, you know, that there is a thinking and I don't know if this is a myth or if this is changing, but there's a thinking that you, you really do need to be on terrestrial radio. because. Yeah, to, to leverage that. So being a top 20 billboard artist or, or top 40 billboard artist may leverage well, you and your booking ability. I think it gets you gets the attention of the labels. It gets the attention mm. of the live nations of the world who wants you to sign mm-hmm. these crazy deals, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I have, I've never booked an act based on what their chart position is. I don't even look at the charts. <laughs> wow. See? That's, that's uh, a, I know. And, and you're hearing it from uh, from someone who actually books the, the venue. So I, I think I, I, I hear you, Max. But, you know, uh, and at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of atypical of of, uh, <laughs> of most programmers because they, they're not, you know, they're not in the position that I'm in to, to, to act that way. You know, yeah, they have to right. do what, yeah. you know, they have to, they have to follow, you know, they have to go along with the program there. I don't really have yeah. to do that. I never have, I have never had to do that in my career, really. I've just yeah. been able to, I've been fortunate before it got to the state that it's in today to be able to just yeah. follow my own path and play the music that I thought was great. But it's yeah. not that right. way yeah. now. It's different. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to just, just add one, one, uh, two cents in this one. Uh, and maybe we'll have to get a uh, a radio promoter on to um, 
to maybe uh, which fight has for been their really career. hard for it. Well, no, I have two radio <laughs> promoters that I'm wanting to get on this podcast, and they both have been a little uh, hesitant. So anyway, go ahead, go ahead, Will. <laughs> no, well, just no, but, but my my thinking, and t- totally along with what Max is saying, is that if you want more bang for your buck. Um, you know, instead of just hiring a radio promoter when, you know, you might get a a slot on the radio and who's going to hear it. Um, It's a matter of uh, either, it's just leveraging leveraging that dollar, either hiring a social media manager or or getting a publicist to get you on TV. I mean, there's there's, there's other venue avenues for you basically to get out there. Yeah, there's articles, uh, you know, press, people read, you know, all these soul tracks, all that kind of stuff. There's uh there's the NPR. They have the Tiny Desk concert, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and you know before that gets taken over by the major companies. Right now they're still right. you know you know doing they break they're breaking artists to a wider audience. I mean oh, all of those sure. little for things sure. add up. Yeah, I was just looking at Tank and the Bangers. I'd never heard of them until uh, Tiny Desk concert. Yeah, yeah. Now I right, right. now I went to see them at the Library of Congress. <laughs> Sold yeah, out. Yeah. Well, you know, and that, I mean, man, we could go on and on because I, I guess because I, I have such a personal <laughs> relationship with this. Um, but I, I, I have, I know other artists who kind of, that's why I'm trying to kind of debunk myths and maybe not even so much debunk myths, but expand minds. And what we're saying is, you know, if you're spending $10,000, which is little, a very little amount to spend in radio, to be honest. Oh um, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I was uh, I was trying to help a friend of mine uh, with a project that was out on um, Rhino earlier this year, uh, and I called one of the independent promoters, and they were quoting like forty to sixty thousand dollars. I yes. was like, "What? Right? right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ten thousand so is I to told start. Him, I, I, yeah. I went, I went back to him. I was like. Uh, you may want to find another route because <laughs> unless you want to spend that kind of money, that's what they're asking. Right. You know. And I think what we're saying, I, I just had a really long conversation with um, one of my other producers about this um, and what you said about leveraging that dollar and put it um, toward, well, you said this, put it toward the social media manager or put it toward the publicist, which is way cheaper than that. Yeah. And they they still mm-hmm. have so much room in today's music industry and you know i i do think i do think it is a little bit there is this very precarious position for i think soul r&b music who whose demographic of listeners are primarily between that 40 plus and you know 40 really 40 to 80 you know age group um because we in that demographic you don't digest music or consume music on streaming as frequently as you know some of the other demographics and so then that streaming number can get a little tricky because um while my kids in their teens they listen to the same song three thousand times an hour you know we just don't do that as as working adults and so i do think that it gets a little tricky there um in terms of getting your streaming numbers up but with the day and age of social media you know your primary users on facebook right now are your 45 plus people and so if you can yeah. get those Facebook ads targeted straight to them, then they mm-hmm. not only will stream you, but download you and will go to your show because you're also That's of right. this more exactly. mature age. So we, my That's producer right. and I were talking about this and it's like, yep, 
that's how we need to leverage this. Cause when I, and I've been really deliberately doing Facebook ads recently, just really understanding who my audience really, really is. Um, and I've been targeting who I think and yeah, it's coming back and I'm like, whoa, you know, I, it, it's, it's, it's telling me, okay, this is where you need to go then. So this, this is, I know we're running low on our time, but Max, this is yeah, such good information. Yeah. I, and so it does go by so <laughs> it fast, but it was so it informative does. and, you know, thank you again for, for having us and, and providing this knowledge. We may have to do a part two because I, I just think there's a lot more that people need to understand how to get their music out there and yeah, be heard. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- yeah. Thanks for inviting me. And yeah, I, you know, I, I think I will just let add one little piece, other pieces that, and 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 you know this Kenya because you do well overseas. This mm-hmm. don't just focus on domestic. There's a whole world out there. There's a whole world, exactly. Yeah, whole world. That's that's very key. Wow. Well said, Max. Well, we we really appreciate you coming on and and uh, and also supporting us. And uh, yeah, we're we're gonna definitely um take that back and make sure everybody checks out the other shows on on DC Radio. There's but, some uh, great shows. Thank you. We really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, audience. We will talk to you guys next week. Next time. Or actually yep. every day on DC week. Radio. <laughs> yeah, right. Every day. <laughs> so wonderful. That's right. Join us. All right. All right. Take Thanks. care. Bye. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you would like to join our new artist development program, the 3MB Club, please contact us via email at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your podcast player and leave us a rating and review. Also, please leave us a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page. And if you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at 3mbpodcast at gmail.com.